The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. What up, party people? I'm Michael Govier. This is the Prospects Power Half Hour, the Palazzo Podcast. My uh, pal and me doing the show. Benjamin Chase, Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. I'm at Michael Govier, MJ Govier on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast, two else, two. Utah. All Give the descriptions two. related to the Patreon and Discord. By the way, uh, we've had Mike, who's a, now a part of our show as well, Mike MKB Fantasy on Twitter. He's in our Discord, and he's got his own channel, and he's taking questions. So that's a new wrinkle. Not that we needed anybody else. I mean, we're already loaded to bear in there with Ben and myself and, of course, Christian Crespo and Crosby Spencer's very underrated analysis with his own statistical models on StatCast data. It's really good stuff. It's all free. It's completely free. We're not charging you a dime. So click on that link in the description and join up the Discord. I'm telling you, not every Discord. I've Ben, I'm always on a crusade here. To let people know that not every Discord is some, like, bizarro uh, alt-right or, like, <laughs> some crazy-ass yeah. sect of people. Because some Discords get a bad rap. It gets set up by certain clicks and sex that make it feel. And sex, S-E-C-T-S, not sex. But probably sex. Yeah. There's probably sex sex, too, in a lot of Discords. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I just want to let people know Discord is very easy to use. And we've got a great community in terms of information questions interaction uh camaraderie as well and just jokes there's jokes in there we talk about other stuff yeah. there's a whole channel dedicated to russell crowe so it's a great place to be yep as jasper knows look at yeah, that two l's I, two z's Woo-hoo! yeah there you go there you go so and chad's here hey chad what's up buddy okay so right off the bat i know we want to talk some college world series there's a lot to talk about here on the prospects power mm-hmm. half hour ben but uh 
What about Kevin Williams' debut yesterday against the Oakland A's? Any comments? I mean, it's one start, so who cares? Now, I don't care, but is there anything you take away from it? Well, I got to say, here's one thing. Why is it that all these guys end up making their debut against the A's? Yeah, that is weird, right? <laughs> Bryce Miller? But, well, I, I, th- I think there's a reason. I think these teams know what they're doing to send them out against the A's. They shouldn't. That, hey, that. you don't mess with Ryan Noda, people. You did not. <laughs> I have not mentioned this enough on this show, Ben. I, I love Brian. I drafted Ryan Noda in the main event draft. I drafted him. And when I drafted him, our moderator, because this was live in Vegas, of course, for the NFBC main event draft, and our moderator, Brady Tinker, was like, who's that now? It was like the only time he did that. I'm like, his name's Ryan Noda. Get to know him. He had 54 home runs in two seasons and then was picked up on the Rule 5 draft from the Dodgers. The guy has a lot of talent. And he's still in his rookie season. Everybody talks about Spencer Steer with OBP and a a good batter's eye, which I love Spencer Steer too. But Ryan Noda is still hanging around a 400 OBP, and he hit a home run with three RBIs last night. Sorry. He did. You could combine all that. (laughs) You know – really Williams had just the one bad inning and that's the one thing to take away from that start is he looked really really good outside of that one inning he got a few guys on base he missed his I mean really more than anything with that pitch he missed his spot that pitch in a different spot likely generates a infield pop or a short pop on Noda and there you go um and then he's out of that inning and who knows, you know, and, and he might end up going shutout ball for five innings, six innings, you know, yeah. five and two thirds, four, four runs, not terrible. I honestly, with that Oakland lineup, um, I was a little surprised that he ends up the game with four strikeouts that he, you know, he pitches, he faced, 23 batters and only struck out four of them. That seems like a really low rate mm-hmm. for what he has been able to do in the minors and what he's been able to do all the way along. But, you know, I'll, if I'm if I'm a Cleveland fan, this was what I wanted to see out of that first start. You know, may not have been the best. I mean, your team had to rally in order to get the win as a team. But... Geez, he looked really good. And, and um, you know, like I said, just that one, he got a couple guys on base and served up a bad pitch to, to Noda. Otherwise, he, you know, who knows where he could be or what he could have gotten out of that start. So, yeah, really, I was really impressed. He's, But as we've talked about over and over and over again with rookie pitchers, you're going to have some volatility. Yes. You know, that. You get into that mess like he got into. A veteran pitcher knows if I'm going to miss anywhere, I'm going to miss where they can't do damage. Yep. And instead, he missed into more of the heart of the plate, and Noda made him pay. It happens. That's the game sometimes. Everyone says football's a game of inches, but every sport's a game of inches. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or centimeters, really. And, And, you know, when he's not a, I mean, he did a lot of very positive things. But there were a lot of pitches he didn't execute. And that's going to be every one of these rookie starters. Now, you've had just a crap ton of really talented rookie starters come up. And we had a little bit of a flush with, you know, the rumors about Kyle Harrison coming up as well. And, 
Yeah, it turns out those were just rumors, but still, I mean, there's still a lot of talent sitting down in the minors and elite talent. Yes. You know, if you think about it, the guys who are in the, the competition for, let's say, the top five uh, pitching prospects in all the game, there's still at least three of them down in the minors right now, depending on what your opinion was. I mean, so you still, and they're all, all of those guys are in the upper minors. That's true. So you've got a very good chance to see every one of the top five pitchers coming into the season show up. And that's kind of regardless of what you're, I mean, cause some places like Harrison in that top five, some didn't um, we've already seen, Bobby Miller, we've already seen. Um, Yuri Perez, those two were definitely among that group. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm glad then, you brought him up, by the way, yeah. because I was thinking that I'm going to change my tune. I posted before the Gavin Williams debut on Twitter the other day that I immediately offered my Yuri Perez in my 14-team Yahoo 5x5 OBP instead of average head-to-head Cats home league. My Yuri Perez for his Gavin Williams, because I really believe that, well, I think they're both talented, but Gavin Williams could be here and Yuri Perez won't. But, and the guy did reject that trade. He countered. He wanted to get my first overall pick. And since we only have six keepers, because we rotate from six to eight to ten, and then go back down every year, this year, more when you're at six keepers, that's our lowest point. That's the most valuable first-round pick. And I'm not ready to give that up yet because I'm in first place overall, and I'm going to wait till the deadline with people who are toast. You know, I want to maximize it, just like any front office in MLB does. But my point here, Ben, is that I'm changing my tune. I actually think, and this is not a great comp because it's always used by everyone else, but here I am using it, Ben, that Spencer Strider pitched 92 innings in 2021 overall, and then he pitched 131 last year in his season debut at MLB. So Yuri Perez, 76 innings-ish last year overall, 77, and this year, why can't he go up to 120, 125? And if that's the case, Marlins rest him now, but if you play in head-to-head leagues, he could be there because they're in a playoffs race right now. So I think I'm changing my mind on this. What do you think about this, uh, Yuri Perez, how this plays out for fantasy this year? I think you're going to be really, really impressed with his stuff every time he comes out. Whether he gets five, whether he gets four, whether he gets six days off, whether, I mean, he was so stinking efficient his last time out. I want to say they pulled him after six with 70 something pitches. Mm. You know, I just, or it might've been low eighties, but regardless, it's just, it was ridiculous how efficient he had been in that game. And I will say it right now. And there's going to be people a little frustrated that he's not getting you the strikeouts. He's not getting you the whatever, were we any of us really all that upset to own uh, his teammate last year, Sandy Alcantara? Were you, were you really disappointed if you had shares last year? Even though Sandy's a guy who's going to generate innings and probably strike out more like seven, eight per nine because he's got a really his he's got velocity, but his stuff is more generated to get weak contact than to get swing and miss. Right. He's this is that's what Yuri is doing right now. I think Yuri has more swing and miss that will come. But if he's able to pitch smart and pitch to contact right now, 
for one, his stuff is ridiculous. It's going to be difficult for any level hitter to hit because you got six foot eight, basically dropping the ball in your lap <laughs> with the way that he gets extension. And then he also can get up into the upper 90s with his pitches and has ridiculous, just raw stuff. Well, look at the whiff rate here. Uh, this was his start on Tuesday night against Toronto. Mm-hmm. He had 40% overall whiff rate from all of his pitches. He got five whiffs on six swings of his changeup. That thing is nasty. I mean, the slider, is. 44% of the slider with more swings, but seven whiffs. 19 overall swinging strikes for Yuri Perez in that start. There's just no reason to think that the Marlins are going to fold up shop here. We have to be able to – I know we don't have any information to prove it, but we have to think that the Marlins, they want to win, and they know that we can go farther. As long as there's no signs of wear and tear in Yuri Perez, I think we're good. And they're, they've got a chance to compete. I mean, exactly. Some of that is because, I mean, because so many other clubs aren't doing what they were expected to do. But at the same time, the Marlins had coming into the season had a significant amount of raw talent, and that raw talent is playing up. The and Marlins and Reds are that, awesome. They're the storylines. Yeah, and that and they're fun. I yes. mean, more than anything. They're fun to watch. It's like the Orioles last year, how it kind of gave us new life with a team that yeah. came out of nowhere. And if the Mar- the thing I will say that's different is the Reds, they've still got a whole wealth of resources sitting down in the minor leagues that can still flood that farm or that team throughout the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Marlins, other than arms, not so much. They have a lot of arms down there, not so much on the on the bats. And yeah. so it's not in the same manner of speaking, but at the same time, if you if you can bring up arms after arms after arms from double A AA and triple A to feed your major league club, you're gonna be able to give Yuri an extra day. Or a, or frankly a rotation turn off. And so then if you're coming down to the end of the stretch in September, he's still got innings to play with. Yep. And they're making a run for the playoffs. Now I would wager, and and here's where the difference comes in there with someone like the Braves who have guys like, you know, Freed and Wright and some of these guys, and they're thinking about how are we going to space out these arms? You know, Smith Shaver, you know, is he going to, what are we going to do with him later in the year? Yeah. The Braves are expecting to make a run that goes into November. The Marlins are going to be really, really happy if they're still playing ball on, on October 10th. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, be honest about that. So, I mean, they're they're not planning out a huge long playoff run, even if they do get there. And so, it's one of those things where you know, if you're if you're in the playoffs, you might just say, "Hey, we're gonna ride this guy as much as we can." The bad example of that, or good and bad example, both is Steven Strasburg, where they ignored him one year and then just absolutely rode the crap out of him in his first real full season as they made a playoff push. Yeah. And I will not ever say that what he is going through now has to do with that because he pitched a ton of other innings after that. He pitched a lot of, he pitched very deep into seasons and frankly, his last full season, he pitched his team to a World Series championship. You know, he was he was pitching until, you know, way deep into the season and just has never been able to get healthy and back on the mound again. And that's a shame, but... But he's... You, you, yeah, he's had a hit injury. 
Yeah, and, and you can't use that example to be Yuri. You know, Yuri is a unique guy, and yeah, maybe if you want to get into the argument of top pitching prospect in the game at the time that they were called up, sure. But Yuri's also 20. Strasburg had gone through and gone through college, and, you know, he was, you know, two to three years older than Yuri is right now when he made his Major League debut. That's a big, big difference. Yep. That's huge. That's huge. I'm all about giving pitchers more opportunity to thrive. And we know we're living in an era right now where despite all this limitation that's put on pitchers, it's not doing anything. We're getting the same amount of injuries. Pitchers are throwing the ball too hard for the human body to handle. And I think it's starting to become a little bit more popular, like the Jacob deGrom experience, guys like Jordan Hicks, these people who throw so hard and they can't last. But if we back off and save it for specific times, I think that's the way forward where pitchers could be saved more often. And, you know, I could talk about that all day, but I think it's important that you guys remember this. Yuri Perez, I love, and I think the Marlins are going to use him at a point in time for head-to-head teams. In particular, if you play in head-to-head fantasy, he'll be around for the playoffs. I feel good about it here. Plotso Pocket. Utah. Two else, two Z. Give me two. Me and Ben talking live. You guys are in the live chat, and I know we talked about having some questions, so Chad had one. Wanted to dive into. Chad says, first question of the day is, the Brewers are now one and a half games back, and their bullpen ERA is mediocre. They've struggled with home runs and lack of depth. Well, they've had a lot of injuries. Uh, but is Abner Uribe imminent? Abner Uribe, and can he work his way to the eighth behind Devin Williams, Ben? I don't think he is. In fact, I, I, I would say he's maybe... Gosh, I don't know where he would rank on that team, or on that, on their... Triple A squads rank of guys that will be coming up next. There are they have a pretty solid bullpen down there in in Nashville with a number of guys who are crusty old veterans that have been around for quite a while and know how to get out. But if they need <laughs> to plug in and know that hey, um, you know a guy like Alex Claudio, yeah, he's going to generate ground balls. That's what he does. He's not going to get. He's not going to walk very many, okay? He's going to throw about an 88-mile-an-hour fastball, okay? But he gets people out because of his angle, because of the weight of the ball, all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, Uribe has just gotten there. Yeah, he He, just got up there. So he's got work to do. And he's had some control issues that popped up toward the end of his double-A time, and in his first two appearances in AAA, over an inning and two-thirds, he's walked four. So, I mean, that's not all that super. Not going to get I you there. I love the raw. No. And, and I love the raw stuff. But if you're the Brewers right now and you're looking for someone to come in, they have the, the holy crap arms. What they need is a guy who can come out and not bring in any, any extra base runners. They need a guy like a Claudio. They need a guy who's going to come in and, you know, yeah, he may not be crazy good. He may not throw an, oh, my gosh, fastball, but he's going to make sure no extra base runners come on, and that's what they're probably going to be shooting for with the guys that they bring up, which okay. it isn't sexy. It's not not fun for fantasy owners, but I don't think Uribe is quite there yet. In fact, I would really be interested in seeing, and, and he's another one who's got control issues, but what Ethan Small could do now that they've pretty <laughs> much plugged him completely into the bullpen role. Yeah. And, I mean, that could be a 
that I could see them if they're looking to, because they do have him on the 40. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they handle that because they do have to keep, keep in mind what they're doing with him. So. Okay. Hey, that makes all the sense of the world to me. I'd look at a guy like Abner Uribe and I say, well, yeah, you get desperate in Milwaukee, but Milwaukee has to be patient. I really still think their biggest problem is offense. I think it's pretty clear it's still offense. They've just not been able. We've had Joey Weimer come to life a little bit, but I actually dropped him in my 15-team CBS league last week after he gave me some pop, but he wasn't. I needed batting average, so I dropped him because he's not going to give me enough contact to give me batting average, no. Ben. Power and speed. And that's that's it. Yeah, and that's that's where they're struggling in Milwaukee right now is just they're finding dead. a guy that will give, give them last, consistent, yeah, consistent bat-to-ball. Yeah, their batting average was in the toilet. I did this on the bonus episode the other day. Uh, they're they're at the bottom of the league of batting average with the Padres, who should not be there. And I think it was at two twenty nine batting average as a team. Yeah, and that's I mean, yeah, yeah. You need you need to have that pop better for at the major league. I'm just looking over the Brewers forty man here, and another guy that could be an interesting guy to think about is JB Bukowskis. Oh. who they've had pitching out of the bullpen in AAA and has looked quite good in the couple of times I've watched Nashville this year. But uh, I did forget, I had forgotten that Uribe was on the 40 man. And so he wouldn't have to be pulled out of, or uh, they wouldn't have to send anyone off the 40 man to bring him up. Yeah. But once again, he's the young guy on the 40 man. They've got other guys that they maybe are a little more invested in and they want to see what they have, all that sort of stuff. And uh, Chad just posted the live chat, which you guys can always contribute to, and you always do a wonderful job of makes the show better. That Brian Reynolds, why is he on the IL? Brian Reynolds, the Pirates, got a back issue, so that he's hitting the IL. Mm-hmm. And who knows if, you know, back issues, they could be a real pain in the ass. Anybody who's anybody knows that. Uh, Mike Trout seems mm-hmm. to not be the same player anymore, but uh, he's still showing signs of life as a power hitter. But, you know, it's just... It's just disappointing. When I see back, I get real nervous. Alex Verdugo, back issue a couple years ago, really turned me off. And he's actually bounced back. He seems to be okay right now. Uh, Britton Allen yeah. wants to know about Sal Freelick, by the way. Speaking of the Brewers, what about Sal Freelick? He's back from injury, killing it in Nashville. Well, then it's got to be close to party time, doesn't it, Ben? It's going to be a matter of when they're willing to, I don't want to say cut bait, because that's not really what's going to happen. But when basically they're going to swap out, Freilich for Weimer, more than likely, but Freilich for someone in that outfield because they desperately need his contact ability. They yeah. badly need that contact ability. So mm-hmm. I could absolutely see him going up. Um, another guy here that I just, sorry, I had to look this up. Matt Bush is coming to the end of a rehab assignment down in Nashville right now too. So there's another arm that's coming from Nashville onto that Brewers bullpen. So, I mean, they, they do have a lot of options there. Sorry, I just uh, – back to the, the previous no, comment. But yeah, I mean, the yeah, I mean, Freilich so far, um, he's he's getting on base at a great pace, but the power hasn't really been there. And granted, he's not a power guy, but even the double and triple power isn't what you would hope for. So, Yep, absolutely. Good call. Also, uh, brought or Bratwurst. I called him Broughton Allen. Bratwurst Allen. Bratwurst Allen says, "Sup, fellas? Yeah, me and Brat will be doing another show a little after this one, at about six o'clock Eastern. So if you guys want to come back for that, we're supposed to have Mike on, but uh, Mike uh, had a episode today, so we wish Mike 
good health. He's fine. He'll be fine, but uh, he'll be all right. Mike, feel better. Take it easy. Rest out there. Also, Chad, good luck with your dental surgery, man. I know that's been a real, real pain in the ass for you, and, uh, you know, I'm thinking of you, bud. I want you to feel better. Be well, Chad. Be well. Speaking of Chad, before we get to College World Series right quick, second question is, I discussed this with Matt Heckman recently. Shout out to Matt. Oh, I love Matt. Yeah, Matt's a really... Uh, Matt's a sharp guy. I think he works over at Pitcher's List, right? Pitcher's List? Uh, he did work at Pitcher's List. People move and they add jobs, and everybody has like eight different titles at ten different places, so how can you keep track of it all? I don't know. But you know the Plaza Podcast, which you get here, me and Ben. You always get this. Uh, has Wilmer rebounded enough to get a crack at the rotation after the eventual Erod and Boyd trays? Wilmer Flores, Ben, a guy that... Uh, Everybody's been salivating over now for a couple seasons, waiting for him to get a debut. I don't know why we're assuming there's trades here, guys. I mean, the division's so bad. The yeah. Tigers are the Tigers took three or four from Minnesota at Minnesota last weekend. So it's not it's not over. And everyone assumes the Tigers will trade. Go Tigers. But I'm not sure that's the case, Ben. I'm really not sure that's gonna happen. Of course, in a month from now, they could be 15 games out, it could be dead. But I'm not sure because this team battles. They battle. And this this is a really, really, really crappy AL Central. I mean, really, the Twins at the top are just. I I wouldn't put a dime on the Twins to win a single playoff game if they're the representative. I don't know that I would for any member of that division. Shouldn't Rocco I mean, Baldelli be in jeopardy here, Ben? You know, I don't think he is, but, but only because if you. Maybe. If you look at that team, it's not his fault that nobody can stay on the friggin' field. Um, he has been kind. He has developed a lot of players well in the time he's been there. He's worked with a lot of personality stuff. But you might want to wonder if uh, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, as the GM and president of baseball ops, what their long-term futures are in Minnesota with all this. Because yeah, there's a ton of depth in Minnesota, but. It's a ton of depth that really isn't doing a lot. Yeah, but, and some of the tra- um, how things you, went last year, the trade deadline. I hear you. That makes sense. And, but Chad so says he can't see the Tigers letting Erod walk. So I, but yeah. okay, you, you can answer that too, Ben. But I mean, Wilmer Flores is a legit talent. It's just a matter of when. Red alert! Red alert! Commercials incoming! Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert, commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15 second skip ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert, red alert, commercials incoming. In three, two, one. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What it has been this season is a matter of finding the zone. I mean, he's really struggled with that to start the year. And that's where he's picked things up in double-A so far. Uh, so far in June, kind of his last, I guess his last start in in uh, May, he had five walks, but it was one hit. And so he only allowed one run. So he got away with it. Um, but I mean, if you want to get, go back, he's, he started out the season with a really bad run. And maybe since about the middle of May here, so it actually is exactly his last five starts, talking about a one eight five ERA, 28 strikeouts and 24 innings, and 10 walks. So not great, but if especially if you think about five of those walks came in one of the five starts. Mm-hmm. It's not half bad. Um, the issue being, I still am not sold that this is a that this is anything more than a three four. That Flores is going to be anything more than kind of that three four pitcher. You know, frankly, he's needs a little bit different stuff because he's coming from the left side rather than the right. But what? basically what Joey Wentz can be. You know, Joey's a pretty solid four guy. And I don't see Flores with a ton more upside than that. Yeah, it's just, that's, and I think that's where the Tigers are going to be, is their their pitching right now is kind of where Minnesota's was coming into this year, where everyone said, oh, Twins, they got a whole bunch of number three starters. They just yeah. don't have an ace. Well, Joe Ryan's become an ace. Oh, so, yeah, especially today. Complete game shutout. There you go. But, I mean, it, he's taken that step forward. The Tigers, what they have, they're going to likely need somebody to take that kind of step forward. Um, because they just they don't have that guy who on raw stuff, on raw ability, you go, that's an ace right there. I mean, you could maybe say if he does it all or gets to about 90% of what everyone hoped he would be, Jackson Job might be that guy. Oh, yeah. You're talking about a guy who is just getting started in his in his minor league career. I'm right? glad you brought him back up, though, because he is back and throwing to hitters now. So that's good news because he was put on yeah. the IL and looked like it was maybe a lost season with a serious back injury. But he's he's back. So. Jackson Job, dynasty style. Keep an eye on that. I think you could have got him for nothing two months ago for sure. He probably might have been even depending on the size of your dynasty league on the wire. But now, um, yep, I would be I'd be interested to see if Job if he could stay healthy and avoid back issues. He presents another option for them. But you know, there's also guys like Ty Madden in the mix. But you're right, they don't have that 
that stuff you're like, dude, that guy is the lockdown ace of the staff, bar yep. none. I actually think Reese Olsen has a pitch mix and ability that he really could ascend closer to that. I'm not, I know he's not there, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure you're wrong. I'm not sure you're wrong. I think Tarek Skubal's looking really good in his rehab, and he could be dominant at times. But again, if he's the best pitcher on the staff, maybe that's not good enough. But if they have five guys that are really solid, then it can work overall. But if you're talking about winning a championship it, yeah. and having the guy who shuts the door, like a Garrett Cole, then you know that that's something they're going to have to go back to the drawing board on. And they're not going to add pitching. They're not going to trade for more pitching. they got more pitching than they ever need. They're all about positional players right now. The Tigers have to trade for positional players. Scott Harris knows that, and it's, they're just going to keep doing that. Just going to keep trying to bring in little pieces, and then they'll draft and trade for hopefully key pieces. But maybe that goes back to Chad's whole point, man, that Erod will be traded for a hitting prospect of some type because there's going to be pitching-hungry teams that will need an Erod. So maybe maybe uh, that's correct. Uh, either way, I know we're going to run out of time here, but I want to talk College World Series. And Ben has some thoughts on the College World Series because it's Humming along right now. The action's intense. Awesome shirt, Ben, says Donovan, by yep. the way. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, oh, the... Chad says maybe Miser Joe with the post-TGS bump. I don't know about that. but Yeah, I'm not sure on on Mize. Mize, Mize was a guy who maybe shouldn't have been the number one pick. Um, Is this but... happening? E-Rod for Curtis Speed? Sure, why not? If, I don't you, think... if, you could, if you could pull that off all day long. Yeah. Um, so, College World Series tonight, the... Uh, LSU and Wake Forest are going to be squaring off to see who gets to go to the championship game. And these are the only two teams that have been ranked number one all year. Hmm. That's These are two exceptional teams. To me, this was the matchup I was kind of hoping for in the World Series as far as the championship, but they ended up on the same side of the bracket, and there you are. Um, so, but... Tonight, you're going to see Rhett Lauder for Wake Forest, who is the top left-handed pitcher in the draft. Okay. And you're going to see Paul Skeens, who is a legit possibility at number one overall. So if you have any ability to get to an ESPN TV or have ESPN Plus, this is a game worth watching and maybe ignoring your favorite minor league or major league team tonight because it's going to be pretty exceptional to watch these two pitch and it's going to give you a really nice preview for the draft. Um, last time out Skeens look like there's uh, JJ uh, Cooper over at BA after that start said, if the pirates don't draft him number one, they're doing something wrong. That's how good he was. And we're talking about, there are guys like Dylan Cruz on on LSU's team, which he's also going to be playing tonight. So a chance to watch him against a really top arm. Um, and Wyatt, uh, why am I blanking on Wyatt Langford, I think is, I'm, I'm, I swear I'm getting that one wrong. Anyway, on Florida, Florida's, Florida's outfielder. Um, that's the their top draft pick, their top draft prospect. He is, Florida is the team that they will play. Whoever wins this game, that's who they will play in the championship. So you're going to get a chance to see more of that going forward. And that's a, there are out of those top, you know, there, we've talked on this with a couple of people now about the draft. It's kind of, there's a definite top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Hey, I did. I did have it right. You nailed it. Um, but I, uh, out of those top five, 
you've got three of them in play still in the College World Series. Now, granted, two of them are on LSU. If LSU loses, then you still just have Langford. But then you get into, yeah, Louder is a top 10 guy. Um, you know, there's, uh, I can't think of who their third baseman is that's oh, Brock. pretty highly ranked. Yeah. Brock Winkle? And, I mean, I can't, yeah, but, I mean, he's, they've got, they've got legit, there's going to be multiple first-round picks here. Brock Wilkin, there he is. And, there we go. And there's going to be, like I said, there's going to be multiple first-round picks in the championship game, regardless of which team wins tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Your boy lost, by the way. Oral Roberts and Fox went out. So sorry about that. Yeah. But, you know, I will say Fox had his best game in the final one. And so, you know, if if nothing else, he went out with a bang because he kind of struggled in his first couple of games in in Omaha. And then he went out, you know, team lost. I had a great win. So there you go. Yay. But but, uh, we'll see. It was still fun to watch a team like that get a chance. You know, they lost to Florida. Florida's going to be in the championship, but they were they were legit one step away from being in the College World Series championship as essentially a no-conference team, you know. But anyway, that's... Brock Wilkins has sound money. Yep. Not Brock Wil- Brock Lesnar is very different human being. Yeah, he's from South Dakota, though. So Brock Lesnar is, of course he is. He looks yeah. like a South Dakota. That and he's a Minnesota wrestler. So, you know, he's a former gopher and a former South Dakotan. So, I mean, he's Whoa. really got all the good things going for him. He's got the Upper West <laughs> Plains trifecta, Upper Midwest style. I like it. He's a farmer, says Anthony. So Anthony loves to switch between Twitch yeah, he was. and YouTube. He was a farmer. Okay. He was, he was a farmer. Sell the farm, Ray. Sell the farm. All right. Well, we've done the show. We love doing the Prospects Power Half Hour every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's live. And if you can't catch it live, it's real simple. You can watch it whenever you want or listen to it whenever you prefer. Me and Ben bring it to you straight. We got MLB draft in a couple weeks now. We're getting closer. I think um, yeah. I think we'll do – I'd like to see if we could do some deep dives on some players that aren't being discussed as much maybe next week or the week after that, you know, because – that's what I want to learn about. We know about the top studs. We want to know where is yep. the specialties? Where are the players who are being dismissed for various reasons, whether from a small school or they didn't get a, mm-hmm. not a, a lot of public attention or all kinds of reasons that we always talk about, Ben. So I, I would like, and, and I'm going to take a look at some of the reports that come out of the uh, combo, the co- or the combine, you know, combo, combine, combo, combine. But, uh, I, I want to see some of the numbers that got put up. I mean, folks don't remember two years ago was the first year they did this. The yeah. star of that combine was Mason Miller. He's good. And he's hurt, but he's, he's good. He's good. Um, the guy who was a star pitching last year was Jacob Mizorowski, who now he's a legit stud prospect with the Brewers. Um, but he was a junior college guy who didn't have a ton of innings. He was – I can't remember. He was committed to a really big school too. And I can't remember which one, but then all of a sudden he goes to the draft combine, just saying, yeah, well, I'll see what I can do. And oh yeah, he was just stinking elite and got bumped up to the point where he's now, you know, he was a first round pick and uh, this, we can say what we want about combine warriors in the NFL. That's not going to push a guy in the same way in baseball. 
because I don't care how fast you run. I don't care how hard you throw. You still have to do it in a baseball way. You know, you can't throw 105 miles an hour and not locate at all. Nobody's going to want you. Well, the money's more complicated in MLB draft versus the NFL. It's real simple with an NFL yeah. draft. Your first round pick, you're going to get this set contract. I, you know, I do miss the days when I thought it was a disservice. You know, remember Sam Bradford was the last guy to get a mega contract as the number one overall mm -hmm. pick. Like, they get $50 million back in 2008 or nine when he came out. And the NFL's like, well, this is too much money. We got to shut this down because that's what they do. But with the MLB, you got slots and, you know, pool money. And it just gets a lot more complicated in that way too, where it's not just about yep. talent, right? Well, and you're going to see, you're probably going to see a lot better player picked with the first pick of the second round than you will with, most of the previous 10 picks mm. just because the the team with the first pick of the second round is a team that had a whole lot of money in the first with an early pick in the first round uh -huh. and they've still got a lot of money that they can throw at a guy that more than likely the guy who's you know or the teams that were picking ahead of them that's their biggest pool they've got is that pick and they can't really throw that same amount of money at let's say a high schooler that really wants big money to not go to college or you know, things like that, they don't have those same resources with their first pick in the first round. You know, usually what they're trying to do is if you're a team that has less draft money to play with, that first pick at the back of the first round, you're trying to use that pick to move some money down. Yeah. Because that's your biggest money that you're going to have the rest of the draft. Mm -hmm. So, but we'll see. I, I think it'll be a very interesting, uh, it'll be an interesting thing to watch how teams play this. I've honestly not had a great chance to sit down and really dig through who's got what money where, um, you know, who's got five picks in the first two rounds, things like that, because that sort of stuff can drastically change a draft. And so it'll be something to look at. And, and I've, I've started digging in a lot more. Um, you know, I, I've dug in on the players. Now I'm starting to dig in a little more on the, what can the draft look like? Uh, talk to a few people who, can go on record, can't go on record, both sides of the coin, and found out a little <laughs> bit about what some teams are thinking and doing already. And so it'll be an interesting, it will be an interesting draft. No matter how you want to spin it, there are people out there who are saying this is going to be, the top five should be the top five, and then after that, all hell could break loose. All hell and could break loose. That's exciting. You there, know could, there could be a lot of fun in the top five, depending on if somebody really wants to go off script too, you know. That's right. So you know, I did an in my uh, Groove with Govier this week, free article, FDMFantasy.com, every Tuesday. You can read it right now, not just on Tuesdays. It's there all week long. And I looked into the history of catchers who were first-round picks. It was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I was – it was a kind of a nugget that I was like, yo, this is awesome. I live for this stuff because there's a track record and a history within a certain position in a certain framework of the draft. Mm -hmm. And you could go back decades now to the 90s, Jason Kendall's and Charles Johnson, Jason Veritek, all these guys. It was really cool to see mm -hmm. that having Bo Naylor and Henry Davis both get called up in the same weekend was very unusual. Two first-round picks basically in the same weekend. Now, Naylor barely made his debut last year, which I just disregard because it was like eight plate appearances. But this yeah. is really his first go-around, and so it is for Henry Davis. You just don't see this very often, folks. Two first-round catchers. And over the last five years, I dug into that. 
And I found out that we've had 12 catchers drafted in the first round and that three teams, three teams have half those players. That is so bizarre to me. Three teams have half the first round catching prospects. It's the Yankees, the A's, and the Giants, okay? It's wild. It's wild when you look at it. And I'm yeah. I'm curious to see, because we've already saw Zach Nato. Zach Nato plays at MLB. He was drafted last. Guys, he was drafted less than a year ago. <laughs> He's been playing at MLB yeah. Pretty much all season, which is incredible. So I, I can't wait to see who the next guy it is to roll up from last year's first, or really just anywhere else in the MLB draft. I want to see more guys like Brooks Lee and some college-ready guys that, and I know everyone's going to say Jackson Holiday. I had somebody text me last week in my home league, like, hey, Govia, you think Jackson Holiday will be up with the Orioles in 2024 to start the season? And I'm like, I can't give you a straight answer on that because – to say would be pure speculation. I, I, it looks like he's on the right track, but things can change so much from now and then, especially with the trade deadline and offseason, and then where the Orioles finish this year and how much they yeah. want to push themselves in 2024. So I said, dude, anybody who tries to sell you that they know or are really confident, they don't know. They don't. Yeah, and that's – it's – and you don't know – I mean, you've got guys like Joey Ortiz and Jordan Westberg ahead of him that are shortstops, and what are they going to do with those guys? Because they're legit stud prospects. These are top 100 prospects. Yet you don't hold up a Jackson Holiday for a Jordan Westberg if he's ready. Yeah. But if he's not 100% ready, you don't plug in a Jackson Holiday to, to stumble and bumble if you got a Jordan Westberg that's ready. He did give me you know, a that? good comp, or not a comp, but a uh, scenario, and I want to know what you think, Ben. Do you think Jackson Holiday or James Wood debut at MLB first? That's a good question. I I would probably say uh, I would probably say Wood just because of the team and the situation that they're in, mm-hmm. because there's really nobody holding him back. And they're not competing, and they can let him take his lumps. I, I can't imagine, and if unless he is banging down the door and ready to go, that Holiday is the opening day shortstop next year that he sees any time this year. He's going to have to be so otherworldly good, but the rest of this year. Not saying he hasn't been so far. Yeah, but he's going to have to keep that up until August. And then you can start talking. If he's still doing that cred in August, we can start talking about a potential call-up at the end of the year. You can start talking about, you know, are we going to bring him up and let him just get some some time in the Major League Clubhouse? But the other end of that is, what if the Orioles are, right now, I think they're in the second wildcard position or first wildcard position, but they're definitely in the playoffs right now. They're absolutely, and here's oh, yeah. the other thing. The Astros are, Astros are out. So, I mean, there's a whole yeah. other interesting thing. Baltimore's five but, games back at Tampa in the East, but definitely in the playoffs. They have the second-best record yeah. tied with Texas, really, yeah. in the, all of the AL. So, I mean, that's a – if if they are still in that kind of a spot, unless least, he is absolutely dominant, I don't think they even consider Holiday this year because look at what they're doing already. They don't need a Holiday. But – then even then they could say next year, yeah, he's banging down the door. Send him to to the Arizona Fall League. Let him play a little. Let him show us that he's ready against that level of talent. And then 
maybe we're ready to push him forward because one thing that folks don't know, and you've been there, Mike, you've seen Arizona Fall League. There are a lot of team representatives that go there to get to know who their guy is. Not how good he is with a bat, not how good he is with the glove, not how good he is at throwing the baseball. They want to know who that guy is. And there are a lot of guys who have sit-down conversations with team representatives the same way we did with Justin Henry. You know, and they're just wanting to get to know him, get to know who the player is. And, yep. you know, who is this guy that we have? And if we're going to sink our franchise's future on you, are you worth it? And that's what they're doing. And that would be, it's a really good spot when he's going out every day and playing against the best players in all the world to get that first look and go, okay, so basically next to major league, these are the best guys you're going to be playing alongside. Yep. And let's see how you handle as a teammate. Oh, gee, you're definitely great in the clubhouse with these other guys. Well, then let's have you come sit and talk with us for a little bit and get an idea who you are. And if we're convinced by all of that, spring training, you're going to be wide open competition. Come on, take a seat next to us. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I, and honestly, I think that's a big part of, I'll use this one as an example, what the Braves did with Von Grissom and Orlando Arcia. They knew they were confident in the guys that they had there, that if Grissom could handle the shortstop gig defensively, he was going to be a great fixture in the clubhouse. They knew Orlando Arcia was tremendous in the clubhouse and could handle the position just didn't know what they would what he would give them with the bat. Well, sure enough, he's been tremendous with the bat and certainly made that decision look smart. But Von Grissom has been great down in AAA. I mean, people under are not talking enough about really he's doing nothing that says he shouldn't be up, but they just don't have a need for him. Yep. And they put their confidence in the guys that they had in the franchise rather than going out and spending a bunch of money on Xander or on re-signing Dansby or any one of the other shortstop, Trey Turner, whatever, they didn't spend that money. And now they're coming into a deadline with plenty of cash available. You know, not a great amount of prospect capital, but I mean, if they're look, if they know that let's say Freed and Wright aren't going to make it back and they need a starter, who's better positioned money-wise to absorb a big contract than the Braves right now? That's, that's competing. That is, I mean, uh, that's going to be a big thing that they can do. Yeah. They may not have the the exact prospect depth that you would like to have, but certainly they can throw some guys out there that are pretty darn valuable to other squads too. You know. Yes, sir. No doubt about that. By the way, I think I said yep 87 times on the show today, so hopefully you guys got that <laughs> memorized. Yep, uh-huh, yep, yes, yep, yep. Somebody, <laughs> somebody should make a gif of you doing, like, the Sesame Street. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where's, uh, where's Russell? Hey, Russell, get out of the job. I know you're out there. You're always lurking somewhere. Uh, we didn't mention David Hamilton got called up. He's a speedster for the Red Sox, yep. and he was a part of the Joe Ryan shutout on the other end of today against Minnesota. Yeah. But he did steal a base as a pinch runner yesterday. So there's definitely yep. a guy who could offer you steals. If you're looking for steals, David Hamilton's a solid ad, and that's he was it. Part of a very fun double play. Oh, uh, today. He, he was the cutoff man. And they got a, a throw from the outfield and cut off a guy at third base for a double play. 
but he was the cutoff man that made that throw. And you don't often see that where a relay from the outfield that gets cut off still gets turned into a double play. So that's true. Kind of, you know, he ended up being like, I, it was a center field. It was uh, Duran and center field. So like an eight, eight, six, five double play. Hey! Cut the guy down. Don't so. see that every day, folks. That's for sure. No. All right. We're no, out, yeah. He got one of the very few hits too. That's so, right. I mean, he, He's legitimate. So, Adam, pick him up. 14 teamers yeah. and deeper for sure. Borderline 12 teamers if he's going to play enough. And the steals will be useful. Just like Jake McCarthy got called yep. up and he's stolen a billion bases. That's going to be a difference maker for people who need to make up ground in Roto when it comes to steals. I'd say, yeah, this time of year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. All right, there it is. That's the Plosso Podcast. Prospects Power Half Hour. Two L's, two Z's. Give me two. Follow Ben on Twitter, Big Gentle Ben. I'm at MJ Govier. Thanks, everybody, in the live chat. Be well. Uh, I'll be right back in 10 minutes, actually. Going to talk with Britain, and uh, we're going to talk some trade deadline. Well, not trade deadline. We're going to talk some trade targets for your fantasy team so you can win your leagues this year. That'll be fun. For Benjamin, I'm Michael. We appreciate you guys. As always, time and energy is a plus for us. And uh, I'll see you later, and I'll see you in 10 minutes. Bye-bye. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.